It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. The college football season is over. We have crowned our champion. It is resoundingly UGA. They, uh, you know, repeat. They are sitting on that throne. Uh, decidedly so. That was an ass kicking. 65-7. Yeah, that wasn't even really fun. Um, no, it, it really was... wasn't. It was, that was miserable. It sucked. And I saw tweets about this. I saw you had a take on this. I saw other people had a take on this. I'm, I'm okay to talk about this because, I, you know, as far as the game itself, I don't think there's really a lot there mm-hmm. that um, that you could take away from it. I did think, you know, they fooled me a little bit because when Georgia went down and scored like right away and mm-hmm. then TCU fumbled the ball, and I was like, yeah. oh, this thing's over. But they got a stop. They got – or like they forced a field goal. Mm-hmm. And then they went right down and scored. And I'm like, okay, at mm-hmm. least it will be like – Fun for a, a half. A little bit for, yeah. Yeah, like, for a like we had people yeah. over. <laughs> and then, you oh, know, thanks for the invite. Yeah, I know you can't do anything late with, you know, the, no, army, the small army over there. But, um, yeah, that game sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the playoff. Deserving worth versus best. I think we should have mm-hmm. that conversation. We'll talk about Jaden Rashada in a little bit. Before we do any of that, I want to give a quick shout out to Greg Brunt and the team over at Brunt Insurance. From Tallahassee to the Keys, they will get you taken care of for all of your insurance needs, whether you're looking for a boat, car, home, motorcycle, trailer, RV, whatever you've got that's got wheels, Greg and the team will get you taken care of. You can go to bruntinsurance.com or give them a call at 954-589-2204. I say this every week, but my home and both my cars are insured through Brunt Insurance. Greg's a great guy, even though he's a Gator fan. You guys give him a call, talk some college football with him, and see if he can save you some money on insurance. If he can't save you money, he'll just tell you to keep what you've got. But if he can save you money, then and you had a football yeah. conversation out of it, so yeah, talk a little smack. They're they're down right now. Give him give him hell. So appreciate Greg and his team. Nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Okay, so UGA wins it all. They're also the odds-on favorite to go for a three-peat next year. I don't necessarily know that that happens, but if you look at their schedule, like they're absolutely it's super easy. Yeah. yeah like I mean, the only the wheels fell off if they're not right. Yeah. I, I don't see how they lose a regular season game. And as you know, this is not a shot, but Florida legitimately might be their top. Maybe Tennessee, maybe at Tennessee. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I have no confidence in you guys to be yeah. challenging them, but maybe at Tennessee, I think yeah. Florida's their second toughest game. Like, that's how bad Georgia's schedule is. Like, it is right. awful. 
They play nobody out of conference. And to, to be fair, like they did play Oregon last year. I get it. Like they, you know, so, you know, sometimes you're just going to get nobody good out of conference. It's not their fault that Georgia Tech sucks right now and isn't competitive. So, right. you know, it's just kind of, it's one of those years. But yeah, if they, I mean, I'd expect them back in Atlanta for the SEC championship. And I think as long as they don't get blown out in that SEC championship, like if they lose a close game to LSU or lose a close game to Bama, I mean, they're probably in again. So right. uh, at 12 and one, and that's, you know, saying, you know, they, they certainly could, could beat either one of those teams. So um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going back to the playoff next year. I think, it, you know, if, if I had a team that I thought was a lock for the playoff, the UGA um, and TCU, they gave us one good drive and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and did they even really, I mean, that was, there was literally like three minutes of excitement in that game it was i mean after they pulled stetson bennett they still scored after they sat lots of starters they still scored like this was uh an ass kicking of epic proportions it is now officially the largest margin of victory uh in a championship game and i think that this gave fuel to the fire to a lot of people that say like they didn't belong and uh, this kind of lends us into the deserving uh versus best conversation and this is one that i've had before and i like actually got destroyed on twitter over this like i was for days i was waking up to like 25 comments on on my question about you know best versus most deserving and i think i don't even know that you can really argue resume that best tcu deserved to be there obviously they did beat michigan which I don't know how you feel about this, but like we see this with Cinderella teams in basketball, right? Like uh, a team makes a tournament, they beat one or two teams that they shouldn't, but we almost never, I can't, I would have to, I don't even know if I can think of, we never see the Cinderella close the deal, right? Like we watch George Mason upset a team or two and they run it, then they run into Florida or UCLA or whatever, and then they lose and they go home. This happened with Florida Gulf Coast. Like there's, we have these Cinderella teams and it's, I don't want to say easy to get up for one game because that's not, it's not easy to be in the position that TCU is in. But like, if you can't get up for a one game, then you for sure don't deserve to be there. I think the true test of whether or not they deserve to be there was how they played the next game. And even if they didn't beat Georgia, if they just gave Georgia some sort of game, I think that, it quiets the conversation about deserving and best and, and whatnot, but they are not on the same playing field as Georgia. And now so, I, I may, well, maybe you argue no one is, but. Yeah, and, and probably not, right? Like, you know, maybe Ohio state was a little bit lucky that Georgia was kind of off in, yeah. in that game. So here's, here's kind of my thought on this. And I, I think and I'll, I'm stealing some of this from Josh Pate, who did a really good job yeah. talking about this. But if you're just truly just going to go by the Vegas odds, right? right. Like who would be favored on the field? And you put those teams in. Alabama would have been favored over TCU. Yeah. Alabama could have gone nine and three and still been favored and they over went, TCU. Yes, because Alabama they're a better probably team. probably could have been eight and four and still been favored over TCU. We don't, but that's... At some point, the games on the field have to matter. I, I agree so with that's that. Where, that's where I think you have to go with resume 
because what you did on the field has to matter. Because I, like I, I agree, said, Alabama could get down to eight and four, and they'd probably still be favored over TCU on a neutral field. And so it's like, where's the cutoff? But I don't think say, there would be people advocating for a four-loss team to be in instead. But I can see the argument of a two-loss team gotta be a over. Somewhere. But there's, like there's no parity in college football. So it's hard to other, make the argument that you, you just have to take care of business. TCU didn't take care of business. They lost in their conference championship well, game. Well, certainly didn't take care of business either. But Alabama played tougher teams. If Alabama would beat TCU, that tells you about who should be there. And I get that there's a line, right? Like I understand the concept that you don't send an eight and four team, but a, t- a 10 and two Alabama team is better than a 13 and one or, you know, whatever TCU ended up with there. So I don't know. I, I mean, if you look at any power rankings based on, on, on like schedules and stuff, I mean, TCU's pretty But high you know the there. eye test, TJ. I mean, yeah, you, I'm just you, you, like, I don't, I don't think you can just say, I know that they're Alabama, and we think they're we think they're just the greatest thing ever. And they you are, watch right? what they did to Kansas State in a bowl game that they a hundred percent didn't care about. Well, I mean, obviously they did care if they played like that. But did you I don't see know. Saban's I think there's gotta face? Be, there's got to be uh, a cutoff at some point. Here's the other. I agree. Point I think there should be a so cutoff like two, at some point. Well, I think we say like, oh, well, two wins is 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 okay. Or two losses, I'm sorry, it's okay. But We've had teams get in with two losses. A two-loss Alabama or a one-loss TCU team, it's not like we're saying go ahead and put that eight and four team in instead. Ten and two, 11 and one is what we well, were looking at. Or so 12 we and one, more 12 wins. and one. Yeah. yeah, and so. 12 and one, but. I think you. Does Alabama have a loss eventually, if, if they're in the big 12? Eventually your play on the field has to matter. I get it. I, Does Alabama have a loss if they play in the Big 12? Who they lose to this year? Tennessee Alabama? And yeah. I don't know. I mean, what did LSU end up with? Four losses? I mean, I don't, you know, maybe, probably not, but maybe. Maybe they catch I, I mean, you on a different week. I don't know. Alabama, I mean, Alabama, this wasn't the Alabama that we're used to. That's the no, other thing. It wasn't. This wasn't the Alabama. It wasn't. And Alabama didn't have, until the bowl game, Alabama didn't have one good win on their schedule. Like they didn't have one impressive win on their schedule. And I think that's somewhat factored into it too. Like yeah, I mean, I think that factored in. Or yeah. if Alabama had beaten someone through the year that actually had a pulse, their best right. win were uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. Who ended up like going seven and six. You know, like, yeah. I just don't. I mean, that's another thing that no, I think. I mean, and I think maybe it, it pans out differently in a different year, right? If you are talking about. And, uh, you know, a ten and two Alabama. Alabama yeah, Alabama, had, Alabama was five plays from being out uh, undefeated. They might have also been ten plays from having four losses. If Alabama would have beaten, if Alabama would have beaten a ranked Florida team, a ten and two A and M team, you know, like if they had some, but they had no good wins. So I think that kind of hurt them too. Here's the yeah. other thing: we hated the fact that the national championship was um, a blowout and terrible. Yeah. But you remember what happened in the semifinal? This was the first year that we had two. That good we had good games, yes, okay. and that is true. So, and so here's so here's maybe a caveat slash counterpoint. Maybe they just misseeded the teams. Oh, they absolutely maybe, misseeded the teams, maybe, but they did that purposefully. They didn't well, want Michigan Ohio State in the semifinal, but well, they did. Georgia they drew have wanted that, that because that would have been. 
Yes, they should have wanted that. Final, and then we would have gotten a good national championship because Georgia would have. So, like, I, agree. I think that if they would have just seeded the teams correctly, we would have a different shot. I, I always get one blowout in the semifinal. And so that would have just we been usually our get two. So, the, you know, it would so have been fine. I think that that's the other side of it. Yeah. Right? We watched the national championship game on New Year's Eve. I mean, truly, that we watched the national yeah. championship the game other, on New Year's Eve. The other side of it, too, with the multiple losses, there is not one ranking system, poll system, BCS system, playoff system, like nothing out there would have ever put Bama ahead right. of the ECU. So right. I will say that, like, it's not just the playoff committee. That's no, I know that. I, I the BCS totally. would have had them ahead. The AP poll would have had, like, Everyone for all of college people putting them at number two as their final poll is absurd, by the way. Yeah, you should get dropped more if you get blown off. It is. I don't, you. Because you dropped for losing the semifinals. So you you should drop for for that as well. I think you like half froze for a second. I'll bring you right back. Um, But yeah, you dropped for losing the semifinal. And so you certainly should drop. Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you back now. Um. So, anyway, that game sucked. Hopefully, Georgia has a better team to play against next year in the national championship. Can't hear you, TJ. Can you hear me now? Maybe just try and refresh your thing. Can you hear me now? Uh Uh-oh. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Dally back in just a sec. Um, all right. All right, I got you back. Try so, again. Okay. So we'll see. Hopefully, Georgia has a better opponent next year in the national championship because that. Uh, yeah, I almost wonder if this lights a fire for Saban, though. Did you see his face on the broadcast when they were talking about how Alabama or how Georgia had dominated college football for the last two years? I thought he was going to eat David Pollock's face. That was like, uh, I'll be super interested to see how they respond because he is a spiteful little man. And yeah. that was some motivation. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think Saban's the go, and I think Alabama's the best dynasty ever. But yeah. Alabama never did that to anybody in the national championship. Now, I don't know that that was. That I was mean, I feel absurd. like they handled business a lot of times in national championship. Nobody did what nobody's ever done, right? But also, it, it I don't know that anybody has had that weak of an opponent. Yeah, I think in Alabama played time. teams in the Big Ten, didn't they? Didn't they play or Big Twelve? They played Texas one year, didn't they? Um, um, I, in a year that Texas was good, though. So. Um, you know who made that some, broke uh, a record? Did you know that game broke yeah. a record? Um, 
TCU had TCU gave up the most points in national championship history. Yeah, didn't that take the title away, from Florida, away State? from Florida? So um you guys were oh, able well, to hold that record. Was it that biggest loss? Didn't they take that away from Florida State? I don't know. I thought that I don't was know the, what the margin the there was. 60, I, didn't do, I didn't go do math on everything. There was an Oklahoma game that I did see that was like 52 to 13, though. So I don't know. 52 to 20. No, that other one would have been it. So, but congratulations to you guys. I feel like that's, I feel like did that you, could go on a banner right next to that field, that sad field goal. Did you uh, see Garrett Riley is heading to Clemson? They're making a move. Uh, to try and get competitive right here again, too. They better figure it out. Yeah, that, uh, and I believe they're bringing Jeff Scott, too. So, I think Clemson got better today. Um, the um, Florida State last year, you know, uh, Riley won the Broyles this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, uh, the Broyles winner was able to muster three points against FSU's defense um, on the field head-to-head this year. So, hopefully – has a better showing next year. Royals winner can uh, can do a little bit better than Miami's did. Yeah, I think that's a good hire. They needed to do that. Yeah, they Although, needed to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt it was the offensive coordinator that was, uh, you know, keeping DJ in and Kate out. Like, that's probably a Dabo call. So, probably. anyway, probably scapegoating him a little bit. But, yeah, they need to because Florida State's going to kick their ass this year. So, they need to figure something out. Um, speaking of kicking butt, I don't really know if this, that's a good transition or not. But tell us what uh, tell us what's going on with um, four-star quarterback recruit uh, not wanting to come play for you guys. What's going on over here? <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of the services have them as a five-star recruit, but you would pick the four-star uh, paperwork four-star to look at. Composite. But, uh, okay, there you go. Uh, David Rashada uh, committed to Florida, signed on early signing day, uh, was supposed to report on Monday after the Army All-American game. Did not show up. Rumors, you know, kind of swirling out of Gainesville that it was an NIL issue. Um, tomorrow is the last day of drop ad. So if he is not in Gainesville tomorrow, I would say that that makes the assumption that he will not be in Gainesville. Obviously, it would mean he was not in Gainesville at the very least for the spring, which that's the entire point for the most part of early signing day is so that these guys can get there, be enrolled, be working with the team, be under scholarship. Uh, for that spring semester. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of rumors that are floating out there. I don't know a whole lot as, as fact. Um, it is, I think that it's pretty much decidedly an NIL issue, um, for sure. We've heard multiple things. Uh, yesterday, there was some reports that he had already asked out from his, scholar, uh, from his uh, letter of intent. His dad talked to multiple reporters, said that wasn't true. He hadn't asked to be released. Um, that doesn't mean he hasn't asked to be released now at this point, because that was yesterday. Um, uh, but I think that we'll hear something shortly because drop add-ins. So there, there, you know, there is something eminent will happen on this. I have not heard great things. Um, I, ha- I, I don't know that this deal gets done. I will tell you, I don't, so I don't love the way this looks for Florida, right? I think Florida walks away with egg on their face from the way that this, that this has turned out. However, I also don't know in a different set of circumstances that I hate that we don't have Rashada. I don't love this NIL world we're in that's solely driven by the highest dollar as opposed to at least some desire to play 
with the logo on the front of your chest. I saw multiple Florida, former Florida players tweeting today, if your number one reason for coming here isn't the logo, see ya, essentially. And I, I know that that attitude has to evolve with this NIL world, but I feel like there has to be something in between essentially, you know, being pimped out by your parents or your agent or whatever for every single dollar and picking a school that you either have some loyalty to, thinks will develop you, has the kind of college programs that you're after. There has to be some sort of middle ground on this. And I hope that NIL evolves a little bit into into that, which I think is what it was supposed to be to from the beginning. It's I think it's entirely perverted from what its original intents were, but it's the Wild West. And universities really aren't allowed to be involved, at least not on paper, and at least not on the up and up. And you've got 18 year old kids making lifetime decisions. Um, and I, I don't love the way all of this is playing out. Right yeah, I, um, I I think it's brutal for Florida. I think it's, you know, like you said, there's, there's really not a... Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, you got me now? You got me? All right. I was ready. I was ready to roll there too. I was gonna give you a lot of crap. I'll wait for you to come back real quick. You gotta upgrade that Wi-Fi. You got that bad Wi-Fi. We gotta work on your Wi-Fi over there. I don't know what is going on tonight. This is not good. Um, yeah, this is a bad look for Florida either way. Whether they're able to keep him or not, I mean, just the fact that this has come out and made, you know, it's just like it's a it's just PR that wasn't needed, right? It's it was uh it was a uh, an underwhelming year. It it finished kind of crappy. Um, you know, I think that. I think that Billy's fine right now, but I think fans are unhappy just with how sure. things are going right now. It, you know, they they brought in Napier to recruit better than Mullen. And if you lose Rashada, your class falls to like 14th or 15th, right? And Mullen never had a class that low. And right. so it's just like, well, crap, you know, like that that is not what we wanted, right? We gave up the on-field guy for the um you know, the, the guy that was supposed to come in and recruit better. The CEO. Yeah. yeah. If you recruit worse than Mullen ever did in your first year, it becomes a lot tougher to improve that. And Nor like you look at Norvell, like Norvell still hasn't re- improved that on right. the, the high school level, right? It, right? it takes a lot of time to do that. You kind of get a little bit of a pass your first year. And I think that Florida's class overall is still, you know, fairly good. I mean, above average, if you're in the 14, 15 range, but I mean, we certainly wouldn't consider that elite. And most of the class stayed together. And so, you know, hats off to, the, off to them for being able to do that with a six and six record. Uh, but if you go six and six next year, it's just going to fall again. Like you're going to, you're going to, you, you move further away from that new car smell, that new car shine of yeah. uh, new coach, new vision. Here's what we're putting together. And you go six and six again next year. You're in the, you're, you're like, 
ACL well, injury. Well, uh, particularly when you no. factor in the amount of guys that have hit the portal, it becomes Billy's team a lot faster. It's a lot more difficult to sell it as these aren't my guys. As soon as I get my guys in place, it'll be a different outcome. But when you lose 30-ish, you know, to the portal and graduation and whatever else, uh, it, you know, that team becomes your team quickly. I will say that, and I, I know you and I have talked about this over the last couple of years, but prior to any sign of trouble with Mullen at Florida, I heard from multiple people on staff that they really struggled with the NIL stuff in terms of what the university allowed them to do, wanted them to do, was okay with them doing, and that they were not really evolving with the times that, uh, you know, as NIL was, was being born, which was, you know, towards the end of Mullen's tenure, but before things started getting rocky. And I do think that there is a possibility that a lot of this isn't on Napier and also that Mullen took maybe some blame for recruiting things that were not really on him either. Um, and that is something that the university is going to have to have, you know, a come to Jesus conversation, a little bit of a gut check about the kind of program that they want to have, that they're willing to have and what they're willing to do to make that happen. This is not the 90s when Steve Spurrier was coached. This is not the early 2000s with Urban Meyer. This is not people are not going to schools anymore purely for the logo for the name or for the development that they are getting. And while I think that is unfortunate, that is just not the, the moment that we're in in college football right now. Money does talk, NIL is king. This is what is driving players to universities. So you adapt or you die, right? Like that is the way that this works. And so I'm interested to see with Scott Strickland, and even above that, UF is getting a new president, Ben Sass. Like, how does he feel about sports and what kind of emphasis on NF NIL is he going to allow? What kind of rule bending is he going to be okay with? And, uh, you know, I think we've seen the, N the NCAA is not going to do anything about anything, right? Like, the stuff it is currently the Wild West. And so I don't know. And if Florida would feel better about it, maybe Florida needs to go the route where they lobby for legislation that allows for them to be involved. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I, my gut tells me that this is far bigger than Napier or Dan Mullen or any of that. And I do feel that both have been handcuffed a little bit by the university. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, again, if, you know, we were sold that like, we were going to give Napier everything he needed. And what's mm -hmm. tough is like right now, obviously with an IL, you, you can't, um, the university has to almost be like shadow involved. Like they're all Correct. involved. It's just, you know, they can't. But at what level they're allowing the university is allowing the athletic department to be shadow involved is where I have questions. Oh, I mean, I'm not, involved, and I'm not saying that like, they're you know, not at all, but yeah, like, how much easier would it be if, if there's an NIL if there's an NIL hang up with Rashada, then, you know, the university's telling them like, Hey, pay this kid. We want to recruit him. So like, they're, yeah, they're but at the end of the day, the NIL contract will be through a collective or boosters or whatever. Sure. And this player, but the biggest loser doesn't sign the contract. And that's the problem uh, for right. me. And, anyway, that's, the that's, university that's being the fight able a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I understand that. But if you are a university that is unwilling to bend, in the way that I have been told that Florida is unwilling to bend, the only hope you have is the change 
for you to be able to be involved. And truly, if universities were involved, I think that we would see these numbers curb a little bit. I think that we would see a, a, a little bit of a settling down of NIL. It's not going away, right? But I do think that we're at this peak right now, but at some point it will plateau and we will normalize a little bit. We're not to that moment yet, but I do think that legislation that allows universities to be the person that signs on the dotted line, that has a say, that is held accountable one way or the other, the eggs on the university's face no matter what, but let's at least allow them to be the actual legal accountable partner in these NIL things. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that, I, I think that, you know, what the rumors sound like is that like things aren't really being, you know, not to get into like every single rumor, but it, I mean, it sounds like there is NIL. It's just, it's just whether or not like things are being agreed to or, you know, right. money, but stuff you- like that. But like, I, you know, so I don't think that there's like, I don't think the university is hindering them at all. Like, I mean, for, I mean, I think I'm pretty no, sure the that collective is, a, is like an official partner, like through Learfield. Like they've had collective advertisements run in right. the stadium. So like, I think the, the, the university is I mean, pretty on par with the collective. And, and once but if it's the university well, attorney that's reading things, it's the university athletic director that's signing on the dotted lines and things like that. I just, I, that feels different to me, right? Like oh, at this sure. moment, and the you, university you, is beholden to people who are volunteering their time because they care about their university and they want to see it be successful. Like in no way knocking people that run collectives or or anything like that like they're literally out there trying to help their team in the best way that they possibly can but this is not it, it that makes it so much more complicated sure and more complicated than it probably needs to be and they're not necessarily professionals in this they're people trying to figure out a whole new world and they have no and they have no stake they have no skin in the game no. like they have their time oh. and effort and energy but not like the like not like the university them, does, right? Like it's not like right. it's not like. I mean, you know, who it hurts the most is Billy Napier, right? Yeah. Like you know, Correct. he's going to go into it. He's going to go into next year. He's the person. His career lives or dies. And I don't mean that like he's, he would never coach again, but like he's he is head coach of the University of Florida. He's yeah. got a three-ish years to figure it out, and he will live or die at the University of Florida by decisions that somebody else is in charge of. And, and we talk hard. about this. Year three is usually the one that matters. Year three is like, yep. okay, figure this out. You need to go. Obviously, if three is like, yeah, you could sometimes get a four. But this year, yeah. I don't think matters. Unless they like go like one in 11 or something stupid like that. Like this year, right. doesn't matter. He'll be fine right. through this year. But he's going to go into year three without a quarterback, right? Yeah. Like now they can pick somebody up in the portal. They can maybe get somebody to transfer. Maybe they get a true freshman to come in and that guy just absolutely lights it up. They've got a really good one committed now. Right. That signing day is a long way away. And this situation probably doesn't help that recruitment much, but um, he's going to go into year three without a QB. And like, yeah. that's not a good place to be, you know, like, right. I, right. you know, I think that that's and I, honestly, and you're right in that he's not getting fired after next year, unless something catastrophic happens oh. or there's some kind of off the field, something or other, which I don't foresee happening at all. But Florida fans are not patient. He gets three years unless, uh, you know, there's real signs of improvement in two and three. And I don't think that's fair. I am a massive proponent of at least four to five years for a coach to have the opportunity at rebuild. But, but the reality is that's not how Florida works. And it should be because at some point it's going to hinder the coaches that you're able to hire if you, you know, rinse and repeat every three years. But Billy Napier is for sure not guaranteed 
past those three. So he has to start the climb from this season. Next season needs to be better than this season, no matter what the factors are, no matter what your roster looks like, no matter what your schedule looks like for there. He has to have improvement. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they need to be better. And I don't think it gets much easier when you look at the guys that Florida lost and you look at how much they're going to have to replace on the roster this year. You look at the schedule. I don't, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I mean, just looking at the schedule, I think Florida has four very tough games in Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, and Florida State. I'm not saying they couldn't beat Tennessee or Florida State. That doesn't make the schedule harder than last year. They had all of those teams on last year. Like this schedule, I think, is a tick easier. I think Florida's roster got better. And I think all those, or Florida's roster did not get better. Sorry. Florida's roster lost a lot, and we just don't know what's coming back for Florida next year. Yeah, there's a lot lot of of unknowns, right? Like there is LSU, less unknowns. Florida State, less unknowns. Georgia, less Mm -hmm. unknowns. Tennessee brings everybody back, but Hooker, but like Milton looked really good. Milton did great, yeah, in the bowl game. I think that that those are four really tough games, and then I think you also have a tough game at Utah, who returns their starting quarterback. You're gonna have a tough game at Kentucky, who they got. Leary. Which, by the way, the university sent out emails today saying that that case well, that could, could happen game as game. early as, yeah. yeah. So I think you got a tough game against Utah. I think you got a tough game against Kentucky. I think South Carolina is probably going to play you better this upcoming year than they did last year. I, to me, that's still the wildest result I've ever seen, how South Carolina loses to Florida by 32 and then beats Tennessee. Tennessee. And Tennessee and, and Florida – Loses to Vandy the next one. Like, how did those three games like happen yeah. like that? I don't know. But why we play the game? Um, I think South Carolina can be really tough. I think Missouri is a tough game always. So, like, there's a lot of tough games on Florida's schedule. They have to play Arkansas this year. Um, so it doesn't really get any easier, you know? And I, I, think I still that- think that this schedule is a tick easier than it was last year, but I, I mean there has to be improvement. I think Billy Napier wins eight games next year. Everyone's fine. Everyone's happy. He rolls into year three. Not a large amount of pressure on him. I mean, he's got to win year three. He's got to win nine games probably if he won eight the year before. But he doesn't have to go to the SEC championship game. He'll still have a job for year four as long as that climb continues. But I think he's got to win eight games next year. And we're going to see the type of coach he is. We're going to see what kind of diamonds in the rough he has found. We're going to see how he does with these transfers that he brings in. We're going to see what he what he does with young guys. Um, we're going to see what it looks like for the guys that stuck around and had an entire year in his program. Um, I'm interested to see the coaching changes that he is or isn't willing to make and what kind of introspection he's willing to give us on himself. We've talked about this. Like, does, does Florida get a play caller? Does Florida get a special teams coach or a quarterback's coach? Like what kind of moves staff-wise are almost as important to me because I think it's a clue into his head, um, you know, moving you think he forward. he staff changes? I don't think he's making any staff changes. I, I don't know. I am interested. It's getting late I, if he is. Yeah. I mean, it is getting late. I I don't think he's a great play caller. I don't, I, I don't love the way the play calling went this year. I could see special teams responsibilities being given off to somebody else. That doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, have to hire an additional coach for that to happen. But we are at a conference where uh, a special teams points come at a premium. You win and lose ball games by your special teams performance. And Florida's was not good this year. 
So that's something that, and, and, you know, I get it. You're rebuilding your team. You're, you're installing an all new offense and defense and maybe special teams falls to the wayside a little bit. Um, but year two, it needs to be a focus. I just, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that there are some changes that could just happen internally. They don't necessarily even mean that you have to go outside of hiring somebody, but that would help this team. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, but I don't, I don't think they are making any staff changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also interested to see what continues to happen in the portal. Cause I do think yeah. they're going to need to replace a lot of these guys. Uh-huh. And, and they've gotten some, some great positions of need in the portal. Billy has done well in the portal. The people that he brought in from the portal last year, even the ones that weren't following him from Louisiana are people that were really the best performers for Florida. And even when you talk about the guys you brought from Louisiana, this means he was able to identify diamonds in the rough and develop them. And they were able to step onto the field in a power five conference and contribute immediately. Some of which, you know, Eric Torrance became an all American like, uh, was he at all American? Like there is just, he developed talent that the average college power five coach didn't see when they were coming out of high school. And that's promising. Um, so I'll be interested to see who else he, he snags from the portal. LSU had a quarterback just enter. Um, if they're not going to end up with Rashada, getting another guy from the portal is not the worst idea because Florida is going to need to be able to participate in spring, right? Like, I feel like we're, you, you gotta, you need five, four guys probably two on each side oh. for your spring game to happen. Um, so I, I think uh, they have three now with, with Miller, um, Mertz, Max, and, and, and then, yeah, like the baseball kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll find a walk on for the fourth. Yeah. I don't know if they'll go back to the portal or not. I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, they should, I've heard that LSU kids going to TCU though. So we'll see about that. But um, I wonder if that changes with the, with Riley leaving. I don't know. I've heard he was, uh, um, I've heard the, What's the uh, Dykes is the Sunny Dykes is the yeah. Well, supposedly Napier and this kid had a relationship when this kid was in high school. Um, he is from Louisiana, so I, I mean I don't know, and I haven't heard he's coming there. I'm not trying to start that rumor by any means, but I'd sure as hell hit it hard if I'm Billy Napier, especially if this somebody who I had a previous relationship with, you know, and when he was going through recruitment the first time around, um, Florida did get a big offensive lineman this. Uh, this week. They've gotten some defensive linemen. Those are both positions of need. Florida's going to now have three 6'8", 300-pound guys on the line. I think that they um, you know, are seeing what teams like Georgia are doing in the trenches and uh, have hopes of emulating things like that. This is going to be the largest offensive line you know, if, if everybody, if it plays out the way that we're predicting that it plays out, that Florida's had it as long as I can remember. Um, so you know, hitting some positions of need. There's just a lot of positions of need. So yeah, okay. I mean, there's a ton, and I I don't know. You're more optimistic than I am, but we'll see. I think Florida could get to eight next year, but I think it would have to be with a bowl win. Like yeah. I, right now, I've got. I think Florida could honestly finish anywhere from six and six to eight and four. Yeah. And so like, if I'm kind of in that range, I mean, if things go off the rails, then I think like five and sevens in play. I think there's a scenario where they lose to those four teams that I just told you um, uh, and drop one more, right? Like drop to a Utah or drop to a Kentucky or whatever. So I don't know. I think, um, I think it's going to be tough for UF this year. I mean, you know, it, it, but crazier things have happened, right? Like we didn't expect Florida state to win 10 this year. And so you can, 
I don't want to say well, lucky to that, but you can well, like. I mean, we're going to see the kind of developer that that Billy Napier I is, and that's part of what I he was. Was... I think it's just a bigger rebuild than thought, right? Like, I think that yeah. you know that it seemed like oh, there's a lot of talent here. We have Anthony Richardson. We we're in really good shape. Um, we love our running backs, we, you know, but Florida does have great running backs. That's the, the lone bright spot at the moment. So it's like, well, what does that, what does that end up looking like next year? And if they can yeah. find well, a way to piece I together a giant offensive line, about, having those good running backs is, becomes a lot more valuable right there. When we talked about over-unders last year in Vegas, um, Florida's and Florida State's six and a half. I think Florida's is going to be around seven again next year. And they're yeah. either going to underachieve and win six games or they're going to overachieve and win eight. Right. And then you see what happens in the bowl, right? Like you, right. you know, maybe you get to that ninth or something like that. But yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's probably fair. I mean, we'll see what rosters look like and what everything kind of looks like once you get closer to the season. But I mean, yeah, I think it's just going to, it's just going to yeah. be tougher than, I mean, you know, in every rebuild's tough, but yeah it's really tough now with like the transfer portal, <laughs> you know, you got guys leaving left and right. And um, we'll see, we'll see kind of what, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in things, but we'll see. You also don't want it to be a great rebuild either. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd be better than Florida state if you guys sucked, but at the same time, like I think Florida will eventually get back. I just don't know if it'll be in, you know, I, so, and to me, that's where it's at. Like, right. Like if Florida, gets like to me i mean you know we and we can disagree on this i'm fine with it but i again i think the everything schedule else is, i think the schedule is a tick tougher right like i think that i think that arkansas is going to be a you know every game is essentially the same right you've just flipped home and away on everything and so like i look, mean Florida State, they take Florida, texas a&m and trade them for texas arkansas which is a trade yeah. but texas a&m has so much more talent than arkansas yeah but that doesn't matter they so, were missing like but it does matter it? tell that but to texas tcu no, that that no doesn't way. matter texas a&m was a bad team when you played them arkansas has the propensity to be a better team than texas a&m was at that moment if you were looking at the schedule beginning of the year yeah texas a&m was a tough game but that was not a tough game for florida i mean texas a&m sucked that game so like so all the games that Florida lost, that all the games that Florida won, the the opposition sucked, and all the team games that Florida won, the opposition played down to their opponents and and lost. Is that? I mean, I, I mean, Utah was a good win, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Utah was. A and M was supposed trying to, win, to see where you're standing. A and M was supposed to win ten games last year. They won five. Like I think yeah. it's fair to say that A and M sucked last year. Like I think that I don't think I'm breaking any ground there. No, but I also, I mean, that Florida lucked out to where that was on the schedule. But in general, you take Arkansas overtaking Texas A&M on your schedule every day. For sure. But you also don't know that you're getting A&M at, that's a five-win A&M team. Right. Right. So, like, you know, so I, at worst case, I think it's a wash. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's good for Florida that it's at home. So maybe that's yeah. slightly easier. But Utah gets tougher by having to go out there. I don't know that I think that that gets much tougher being on the road. I think it's tougher that, uh, but you know, they have a senior quarterback coming back. Um, yeah, but I don't picture Utah as a hard place to play. Like LSU, there's massive home field advantage for them playing there. You'd rather play Utah. You'd rather play anyone at home, right? Yeah, like, yeah but I don't there. think that that's uh, like, I, you know, LSU is a definitive points advantage to, 
to be on the road versus to be home versus on the road there. I don't know that I think there's a definitive points advantage for I mean, playing Utah on the road. Home. I mean, that's just how I mean, it works. But I, I mean, it's easy. That, to I play don't at picture home. it as like a toxic and, and terrifying place. Like Utah play. people can get really rowdy. Um, They're the nicest so, fans that we've come across in all of my years of college football. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Things can be tough. But all that said, if he can get to seven wins next year, I think that's a really good job. Especially yeah. look, looking at the roster right now. Didn't Florida lose four offensive linemen? So they've gotten some guys in the portal. But yeah. how, do those, how do those pickups work? How do those transfers yeah. work together? Florida's offensive line was probably their best unit last year. They were phenomenal. And I think really made the running backs – and the running backs are really good. But yeah. I think they're what made the running backs' job so easy was the holes those yeah. guys were running through were massive. And the offensive line was great for UF last year. And so how does that change? Is the defense getting better? Because the defense has been – be hard to get worse. Like three or four years. So I think that that all kind of plays in it. So if you can get to seven wins, I know that's not like the leaps and bounds that people want, but if you can get to seven and then you can get into a bowl game that, you know, Florida got a little unlucky with their bowl game this year. If you can get into a bowl game that you can, I don't know, maybe have a chance in, (laughs) you know, like maybe play like a mid-level ACC team or something so that you're not playing like another team. that's. I don't want to play you twice in one season. Oh, wow. I don't think we're going to be in the same bowl stratosphere, <laughs> just for what it's okay. worth. They're, okay. uh, they're putting my logo up pretty high in the uh, mm-hmm. in the preseason polls. So yeah, how's that go for Texas A and M? Not so great, but yeah. I got in coach here anymore. So okay. only coach in history to be ranked three times mm-hmm. inside the top ten and uh, finished undefeated or uh, unranked. Unranked. So yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, good riddance. Um, Anything else? You got anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think that's about it. If you guys know a Gator fan out there besides Allie, please send them prayers. It's a rough time right now, but you guys will get back on your feet. I'm sure of it. Hope it's I not. We're good. Soon, but we're, it's all good. I'm confident that you'll get back there one day. All right, cool. We'll appreciate Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. I don't have anything else. Hopefully you guys don't have a quarterback tomorrow, so we'll see. All right, good old. <laughs> Go Gators. <laughs>